morning. You know, I, I first of all just want to say thank you, Pastor Thompson, for that special uh, thanks. But I actually was struggling a little bit with that because the reality of it is um, I, I did this, uh, became kind of more active here in, in this way, um, and you guys gave me as much as I gave you. So all that's really changed is I came and made a pitch a little while back, about nine months ago, to be a part of this more officially. And, you know, things have changed a lot since then. So I'm just going to probably be going back more into the pew, you know. It's, it's so, and I'll be, a, I'll be here with you just like everything else. And when they call on me, I'll be ready to go. So that's all that's changed. And so I don't want you to think about it in any other way than that. Because today is another day when we talk about the adventure that God has, has called us to, and that's why I'm so excited about it, because through all the ups and downs, there, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but in Christ's church with the adventures that he has for his people through the challenges, through the struggles, and with the joys. And that's what we're talking about today. The prophet Isaiah says this, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees and say to those who have anxious hearts, here it comes, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense. He will come and save you. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, amen. I have a special uh, challenge for you today on this Sunday. This is the first time I have ever preached the same sermon in a church that I preached on the Lutheran Hour. So if you have listened to the Lutheran Hour, you're going to get a little bit of it again. But then I'm going to see whether you're really listening or not. Okay? But I want, you to, I want you to do this. I want you to listen. And here's my challenge to you. I want you to go home, and I want you to either listen to it again on radio, which I think it comes on two or three times on KFUO, and then there's the bot radio. So that you can find it there too. Or get it on your phone. Get the app, the Lutheran Hour app, on your phone. And I want you to listen to both sermons. Tell me which one you like. That's dangerous, right? Because we're actually going to be taking Lutheran Hour live around the country, and I think there is a difference between preaching it in the can and preaching it with God's people, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do what I've been doing with you for the last several months, okay? So listen hard, and then listen again, and then I'm opening myself up to your critique. It better be nice. Amen. All right. Okay, who said this? Ready? Life is either a daring adventure or it is nothing at all. Who said it? Helen Keller. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Helen Keller said that. Now, if you don't know who Helen Keller is, she was born in 1880. She actually, if you don't know much about her life, she suffered all kinds of struggles, all kinds of difficulties beyond what any of us will ever experience in this life. At 19 months old, what happened to her? She had scarlet fever and she went blind and could no longer hear. How do you face life when you can't see and you can't hear. These things were insurmountable, but with an attitude that life is a daring adventure, she faced whatever came at her. She was accepted into Radcliffe College at the age of 16, graduated cum laude. Her single determination was to improve the lives of others and become an advocate for the blind. She helped uh, with the creation of the American Association for the Blind. It became an institution under her. Her speaking skills... Her speaking skills and her gentle spirit won the admiration of audiences around the globe. I said that correctly. Her speaking skills. How do you speak if you can't see and you can't hear? 
She became quite the speaker. Uh, the robbed of her hearing, sight, and speech, it didn't stop her from learning how to communicate, and she became a go-to person that people had to hear for themselves. She wrote bestsellers, advocated for the blind and deaf, and talked about her faith each and every day of her life. Today, there are streets named after her in America, in Spain, and in Israel. Um, there are monuments to her, hospitals and schools bear her name, and she's one of the few women that's depicted in the United States Capitol. What made her attack such life with bravado? I think that quote says it. Life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. Dare to live. Dare to live the adventure of life. That's the spirit of our text in Isaiah today. Isaiah is saying, be strong. Fear not, your God will come. And the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears will be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of the mute shall sing with joy. And a highway shall be there. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But you, it shall belong to those who walk on the way. Wow. I want to get on that highway. Don't you? I want to get on that highway. I want to get on that highway. I want to know what life is like when someone comes into my life, when God comes into my life with a salvation, a redemption, a way forward where there looks like there is no way. That's what I want. I want to live life knowing that one loves me with an everlasting love. I think one of the greatest problems in the Christian church today is they forgot the adventure of being God's people. You know, so many of us have, have kind of made Christianity a boring thing. It's not because it's boring. It's because we fail to see what God has called us to be as we put our faith in him and then follow him on the adventure of life that he has for each and every one of you uniquely. He wants you to start to attack life. Because you know your life is filled with his love. Because you know your life is filled with his forgiveness and joy. He wants you to get on the highway with him. A highway that he's made possible for you. Too many of us are looking to, to, to see if this highway is a temporal thing. Or that we're, we're settling for the temporal expressions of joy. No, he wants us to have an eternal perspective on all of this. And then attack today with confidence. It's the season of Advent. We've talked about that. And Advent, we usually think about Advent as preparation. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I love what you did for us today. You said, well, we're going to let a little joy peek out today. You know, all the preparation, all the readiness, all the austerity, yeah. But for what? So you don't miss the pink. Actually, so you don't miss the white. Even the cross breaks forth with joy on Easter morning. So Advent, think of it this way. Advent preparation. How about adventure? I think that's better. Adventure. That's what you're about today, and it's all going to come to fruition when you see the babe in the manger. Now listen, you may be feeling a little bit uneasy about this, because if you're like me, you're struggling with, well, what does lie ahead, Pastor? I mean, what really is coming? What, what if it's going <laughs> to lay us low? Um, when you're talking about this adventure, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're already on the adventure. You're already on it. And so I want to I kind of break that apart a little bit because by faith you're already on that adventure with him. And Isaiah says no matter what's going on in your life right now, rejoice. Behold your God. 
In fact, the whole book of this Isaiah 35 is surrounded by joy all over the place. You talked about mountains singing for joy. There's joy gushing all around this text. It's indescribable joy, bubbling over joy, hyperbolic joy, unbelievable joy. And then he says, rejoice, behold your God, sing for joy. Paul even says that in the New Testament, right? Rejoice always, and again I say, rejoice. So you might be thinking that Isaiah is telling people to be joy-filled because everything is going so well. But when he writes this text, everything is exactly the opposite of joy. I mean, his beloved Jerusalem is empty and is fading fast, and they have no armies to protect it. They don't even have a police force. They're vulnerable. And Assyria is mounting its charge and taking over the world. That'd be like if we got a phone call today and said China and Russia, they've gotten together, and they're coming to take out St. Louis. That's, he's talking in that kind of context. Because Assyria, Babylonia, these are big powers. And so when he's talking about rejoicing, it doesn't look like you should rejoice at all. Wow. Now, Isaiah's king, Hezekiah, uh, he thought, well, you know what, Isaiah, if, if this is the, really the way things are, I'll, I'll rejoice with you a little bit, but let's call Egypt, and let's see if they'll actually come help us a little bit. And what does Isaiah say to him? Don't do it. Don't look for temporal solutions. Don't look for your armies. Don't look for your strength. Don't look for your power. Look to the Lord. Behold your God. Sing for joy. Wow. Don't align yourself with Egypt. Do not trust in armies. Go on the adventure with the God who loves you. And that adventure would actually lead them into captivity for a time. And then God would bring them out with joy. Wow. So that's what Isaiah is saying to you and to me today. You know, why would he tell the king to rejoice? Behold, your God will come for you. He may not come exactly the way you want him to. He may not come at the exact time you, he, you want him to come, but he will come, and he will come to save those who put their trust in him. That's his point then. That's the point of being God's people today. You see, life changes when someone enters your life that, you, that has capacity, that also really loves you and says, you know what, you're not going down, I won't let it happen. Then life changes. No matter what you're going through, it's like, maybe I can face this. That's what happened to Helen Keller. Helen did not become what she became because she tried her best. In fact, she probably would have been overwhelmed by it. She probably would have been destroyed by it. There was a person who came into her life, Ann Sullivan, who made all the difference in her life. Ann Sullivan did not have the same issues that Keller did, but Ann Sullivan had some other problems and she overcame them. So she knew what Keller was going to go through and she knew that she could go through them. And so she came into her life one day and she challenged Keller and she said, listen, I understand you. I've been where you've been and I know that in spite of the frustration, there can be the miraculous. You may not see things with your eyes, but I can guarantee you, you will see them with your heart. She didn't believe her. She was frustrated. And as she was teaching her and learning, it took months and months and years and years. And finally, there was this special moment on eight, in April, I think it was 1887, April 5th, 1887. Keller, she was trying to teach her how to, to just understand words and concepts, and she was not getting it, and Keller was getting frustrated. And so finally, what, what Ann did is she put, she, she wrote the, the word water on her palm. She wrote the word water, and she poured water over her palm at the same time. 
And I guess because of the feeling, the sensory, and, and the, 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 the letters, all of it suddenly came to fruition for Keller. She got it. And almost overnight, she suddenly learned. She said, I learned 30 words that day, and I learned more words the next day, and more words the next day, and I, I couldn't wait to keep saying, teach me, teach me, teach me. In fact, she called her the teacher for the rest of her life. Her life changed because someone was there who loved her. Someone was there who had seen all things through it, and someone knew there was a miraculous solution to this. Trust me. I think that's exactly what Isaiah is saying. He's saying, I'm not sending you some person. I'm not sending you someone just like you. I'm sending you myself. I'm coming all the way to where you're at. I've experienced everything you've experienced. I'm the one who gave you the promise that I would never let you down. Trust me. Behold, your God comes. I think the Bible and the prophets, they're always trying to remind us. That's just who God is. In the Exodus, he said, I'm coming. I'm coming, and I will lead you out. When the Assyrians take you, don't worry about that. It's just a temporal thing. I'm coming. I will fulfill my promises to my people. And then literally he sends his own son in a manger. He sends his own son to live your life, to die your death, to give you his life. Wow. I love what Jesus says in the text, too. I mean, in the gospel, I think what Jesus is saying, if you don't believe Isaiah, believe me. Because if you notice what he does, Jesus actually says, um, listen, uh, I'm quoting Isaiah. If you really want to know who I am, um, the blind are receiving their sight. The deaf are able to hear. The lame are leaping for joy. Rejoice. Your God has come. Wow. So that's the message for today. Rejoice. Behold, your God has come and let the adventure begin in him today. Now, I don't know if you're having a Hezekiah moment or not. I don't think Assyria is knocking at your door. But, you know, when I thought about that, how terrifying that must have been to think about all of his life kind of coming down around him, I said, you know, there's a lot of us who are going through Hezekiah moments in our life right now. There are a lot of us struggling with that. Your fears may not be as grave as his, or they may be just as grave. Maybe this is a time when sin and guilt have overwhelmed you. No one else knows but you, and it's overwhelming, and you don't know where you're going to go for it. You're going to, you don't know what you're going to do with it. Maybe this is a time when you're terrified of some failure you've had in your life, and it's overwhelming you. Maybe this is a time when you're uncertain about your future or the loneliness that you feel right now, and you don't think anybody cares. That is a darkness. That is a darkness just as real as what Hezekiah was feeling. And what Isaiah said is, behold your God. Behold your God. Don't look at those circumstances. Look at the one who fulfills his promises to you and will never let his people down. Now is not the time to seek other sources of strength. Now is not the time to look to armies or alliances or wisdom. Listen to Isaiah's warning. Don't put your trust in life and salvation in anything or anyone except the God who loves you, who guides you by his word now and forever. But there's even greater news. This is the last thing I'll leave you with today. There's even greater news. And the greater news is this. Isaiah was making a promise that God would do these things. And, and Isaiah was probably looking through these things kind of dimly going, I know it's coming, but I'm not sure exactly how. You are looking at all these issues through Isaiah's promise fulfilled. You can see it. You can touch it. You can taste it. And that's what you have. A God who will fulfill his promises, and he says, trust me, behold 
your God I've come to save. Using Isaiah's language, we could say it this way. Jesus died to pave the highway of righteousness in the desert. Jesus walked the way of sorrow to pave the way of righteousness. Jesus died to bring the desert, to bring the desert to bloom like the crocus. Jesus died to redeem and to restore all creation. There is a highway. And he's made it happen, and he's called you to be on that highway with him today. Behold your God. Look at the manger, behold your God. Look at the cross, behold your God. Look at the empty tomb, behold your God. And let the adventure of Advent begin in him. Because in him, it never ends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen.